Hi everyone, welcome back to Zaxxon on the Move. I am your host, Anna Ribeiro. Today's episode gives valuable insights into the early phases of our guests' business endeavors in Saxony, their scaling processes, and interregional cooperation. For this episode, we talk to three founders and entrepreneurs, Tom Potocek of Gecko2, Regina Kola of Avilox, and Taylor Harvey of CodeCamp Leipzig. First up, I wanted to know why and how the three of them started their respective businesses and what their concepts and core goals are. Tom, take it away, please. As I mentioned, I'm, I was very blessed so that uh, Chris, he operated his company, Gecko One, for, let's say, 10 years when we met. And then we decided together to uh, found a spin-off company, which, yeah, which made it much easier for me um, to jump into the water because he was very experienced and we can we could rely from the first day uh, on his network experience but also the structure even customers um, so this was a very nice start but it motivated me uh, as I mentioned I was I've ever been a pickhead so <laughs> I wanted to create something new try something new and this was the motivation to create something bigger than myself and to motivate as many people as possible to be part of this journey. And this was the main reason to uh, create um, the own business. And what are your company's core goals and target customer base? Uh, basically, the core goals is to connect or to bridge the gap between traditional companies, um, as we call it, the German Mittelstand and um, yeah, cutting edge startup companies um, because on both sides we see lots of potential but also lots of synergies and Chris he works with the German Mittelstand for over 10 years now and yeah I'm I'm the connection to the startup communities so our goal is to connect these two worlds because we think there's so much potential um, that yeah we want to uh, be a little part of bringing them together and create something new uh, for both sides. Regina, what were your motivations? Um, when I worked in my former company, uh, I often thought that um, the way how people are working will change somehow in the future. Um, it, I, I observed it in other companies that they started to digitalize and uh, they always focused a lot on IT systems, but uh, not so much on uh, how people uh, are able to work in a modern way with the IT. So this was something that I was uh, observing and um, when I was introducing a new uh, social collaboration platform in my company. Uh, I, uh, I noticed that uh, it is a huge change management thing there, um, the cultural change and the, the attitude on how we work together. So um, that was the starting point when I uh, started to get a lot of passion for the topic uh, of my company. And um, I think I am my personality is very, well, I'm, I have a lot of ideas and visions and I'm a person who just tries things out. And that was the point when I decided to um, build my own company and just try, trying it out. 
and it worked uh, very well from the beginning. Um, and uh, what kinds of companies do you usually work for or with? Um, we work with a lot of companies. Um, yeah, I think the, the main part is that the companies have to be somehow knowledge driven because this is the main um, thing where knowledge management, social collaboration, uh, agile work styles are very important. And we have a lot of customers who are um, from the utilities sector. Um, also some production companies, um, also smaller companies like marketing um, companies or consultancy companies. Um, but the main companies are like from 500 up to 5,000 um, employees. Taylor? Um, so I've learned over time, I grew up, growing up in the U.S., the like gold standard is like you need to sell a company and it needs to like sell for like 10x, 100x or something like that, the valuation or like kind of what you started off with. Um, and I do not fit into that. Um, I fit in more into like a lifestyle or like social entrepreneurship where the goal isn't to grow as big as possible, but the goal is to solve a problem as well as possible. And there's a bit of a like, um, like I just love starting things. I love starting projects. I love bringing people together, um, identifying problems and making them clear enough for people to work on them. So kind of a bit of an enabler facilitator type, but then also, um, being a bit of, I don't know, I guess what you call like a cowboy and that like, I'll just jump into something face first and figure it out afterwards. What motivated you to start code camp? Um, it's kind of been a long journey for me because I realized that I enjoy learning spaces quite a bit, um, but creating learning experiences. So, um, as a kid, I did not do well in the traditional school system. Um, I just didn't enjoy class. It didn't feel relevant to me. It wasn't very hands-on or experiential. Um, and so I threw a hackathon, um, with some friends in university when I was like 21, 22. And that became my first business when I realized how meaningful that was to me. Um, like there was a woman who came up to me after the event, it was 24 hours, um, of like a, it's a coding marathon basically. And she was a chemical engineer and she said, this was so life-changing. I love built, like I built a website and I didn't know how to code, um, the day before. And now I want to be a, a computer science major. Um, and so knowing that we could have that impact with a space and a place that I feel like the traditional education system doesn't provide, um, that was kind of the initial impetus that I've carried with me for the past like 10 years, basically. Um, and so code camp has just been an evolution of, can we, okay, we can do this overnight. Can we do it over two days? Okay. What if we had a space? What if we, you know, can we have a permanent space that's like this? Um, and so code camp is just the progression, let's say of building a, learning environment or a learning experience um, that allows people to find what they're passionate about or kind of grow in a field that they're passionate about. So we want to create, I guess, the experience that we wish we would have had um, kind of growing up or, you know, a space where we felt like we could really learn and kind of be seen as individuals. Um, and something that like, you know, you grow up with in the U.S., there's so much wealth around you. Um, and so many like quote unquote opportunities, but you can't really get it unless you have the right connections or you have the right resources. So, um, I think that these are kind of core values for us is like designing something that, um, the space that we just wish, or we think kind of should be a part of the, the normal education system, 
and also making it accessible, um, making it inclusive, um, making it, um, let's say, making it humanistic and holistic um, because learning is a very vulnerable process. Um, and I'd say our target customer, the, the people we really go for in terms of the students are um, people who are entrepreneurial um, because we also want people that are going to make an impact or in, like the education that we give them, they're going to kind of multiply it. Um, and then I would say compassion. So people who can, um, who just kind of make space for others and want to take care of others and people who see like people who care about something beyond their immediate environment. So maybe there's a cause they care about or there's, um, you know, something about the world that they want to change. That's not just improving their lifestyle. Um, these are some, some core components for us. What unites Tom, Regina, and Taylor in their approaches to entrepreneurship is their willingness to fulfill the potential they see in themselves and other people, and their eagerness to solve problems by connecting people. Speaking of connecting people, building business relationships and an effective network is key to growing a startup. This is why I asked today's guests about the ways in which they are growing their businesses and if they are engaged in regional and interregional cooperation. First, let's hear from Taylor about how they are growing Code Camp Leipzig. When you have a place that you're like kind of putting, like training developers, like we're going into class three, which means our community of students and graduates is going to go over 30. Um, and we started, like we founded a year ago. Um, it's something where, you know, like in a couple of years, you have some hundreds of developers um, and you just, you're going to have founders coming out of it. You're going to have a lot of opportunities and things that you can do that are interesting. Um, so we got, but it's just kind of like one foot in front of the other. So an entrepreneur network will definitely come. And that's something that I think we can facilitate, but right now it's more like, let's just make sure the, the class works. Um, Corona was definitely a big adjustment for us to go online. Um, and now we're doing hybrid. So it's just a lot of focusing on core stuff before we do more of the fancy stuff that we're envisioning. And what is the fancy stuff you're envisioning? Can you tell me? Yeah. Um, happily. Um, I don't get to talk about this stuff as much as I'd like, uh, with all the day to day. Um, yeah, we were actually getting a space in um, in the new bosses blogger, um, complex on uh, post block and we see that as like kind of being this feed for it's not just the classroom is going to be there um it's going to be graduates working on projects um after hours just coming together to hang out and like that's where that's how startups start like it's people who have the skills to build stuff and make ideas happen kind of just hanging out together and working on things together and sharing ideas um and that's only going to grow stronger and stronger over time, not just with students and graduates, but also instructors. Like we're getting more and more instructors, senior developers, senior designers that are coming in um, and wanting to teach and, and work with our, with our, um, with our community. So um, that's something we want to grow over time and be able to 
um, facilitate ideas to get off the ground. So one of the responses to Corona that we had because we didn't know what the job market was going to hold is that we started doing a freelance consult software consultancy for our students. So our graduates can, after the camp, work on paid projects to build websites and web apps and prototypes for companies. And um, that pretty much lets them continue learning and working and getting paid. Um, and over time, our goal is to pay people to work on their own ideas. So we're setting aside 20% of everything we get from these projects um, and putting it into like a, like, like a fund um, where we can start paying people to work on their own ideas. So it would be a co-working space within a co-working space, but paid. <laughs> um, I don't know if I call it a co-working space. I think that's not something that like, we don't want to get into a place where we're like charging for desks. Um, I think it's more like, um, I don't know. It's some kind of like, I don't know. We just kind of call it a house. Like, you know, it's like a, it's, it's just a place where people who are kind of coming from a similar culture and, um, desire to, you know, to create and build something. They're all like going to be together, just sharing things and working together. And, um, so maybe like an incubator is kind of what will end up getting built over time. Um, but yeah, not, I wouldn't call it co-working. And uh, are you already involved in any sort of cooperation with businesses outside of Leipzig, maybe in other parts of Germany or in the U.S.? Um, not in an official capacity. Um, I think because we just finished our second class, we're kind of reaching the stage where like people are seeing, okay, they exist and they're not going to like vanish tomorrow. Um, and also that their graduates are getting hired. So maybe they're legit. Um, and I think that's giving us a platform now to talk to folks. So like a guy, the, um, someone who's in Berlin, um, who's interested in building a code camp and then expanding out to, um, maybe starting something in Essen. Um, we're working with him and helping him develop his model, um, in a similar vein as ours in a way that maybe we're collaborating and, um, on a new code camp. Um, same thing I mentioned with this guy in Kiel. Um, and yeah, this, we're also working with the cluster IT Mittel Deutschland. We're a member there. Um, and so we're kind of starting to talk to more companies in different places in a, um, a school in another um, state um, about doing something for their students. So it's kind of starting to open up now that we're more grounded, let's say. Before a startup can grow, however, the business idea must be fleshed out, as Regina explains. Uh, when I started the company, the, the, I think the, the main challenge was uh, to find out if the business idea is working. And so you have a special amount of money that you want to invest, and um, that amount of money is uh, uh, quite um, fastly finished <laughs> if you don't take care. So it's very important to get customers and make a good job there and that was the main focus in the beginning and it worked out very well because we built up partnerships and with those partners we um, got cost new customers quite uh, fastly and uh, from then on it uh, was a very good development to have good references uh, good projects a lot of experience and then we started to grow but the first time was like really checking out if the business idea is really something that uh, the market needs, that, is, that the market wants, and uh, that companies pay for. 
Additionally, the growth of one's business needs financing, of course. And this is where venture capital cooperation comes into play, as Tom explains. Of course, the first thing that comes to mind is um, venture capital. Of course, uh, when we talk about startups, um, yeah, it is hard in Germany to to get 100 million, 200 million. But um, we have now best case um, best case scenarios here, also in Saxony. Just have a look at Dresden with Wandelbots. This week, they announced an investment of, I, I think, 25 million or something like that, which is an absolute success story here for Leipzig and which shows you are also able here in Saxony to scale your business. Um, but when we talk about scaling our business, we do not have to talk about 100 million. Um, but I think it's quite the same because, um, as I mentioned before, when you want to scale, you need partners that are willing to go the next steps. And often this could be the, the German Mittelstand, in my opinion, that they are that they are able to invest in uh, in some ideas that are not in their in their common business model, but maybe something new. And that brings me back to my point. I'd be happy if they say, OK, let's risk it. And I partner with you to to help to scale your business. I think this is the, the most important and also most challenging thing. When I came here, my, my so my, my first touching point to the uh, investor scene was, let's say, f three to four years ago. But yes, so we have more business angels, more uh, traditional companies uh, thinking about, OK, maybe it is a nice idea um, to not just reinvest the money in a new machine, but also have a look at the right or, uh, or left side of the street. And maybe there's an interesting startup, a technology startup where I can learn interesting stuff. On, uh, stuff. Uh, but of course, we need to get more um, venture capital here in Leipzig or in Saxony. Um, so I think we are on a good way. But yeah, we need to, yeah, we need to, um, we, we cannot stop now because I think we are on a good track. But yeah, it needs to keep rolling. Yeah, when we talk about the game industry, um, we have for two years now the Game and XR Middle Germany, which is the the first step to make this network visible and to show, hey, there are a lot of companies in this uh, industry that are willing to cooperate and work together. Then we have the IT cluster Mitteldeutschland. I think we have uh, we have lots of. Um, institutions we have lots of uh, ecosystems all around the basis lager and around the spin lab which is very important to connect the startup scene here in leipzig and my my dream is or my wish is that um, as i as i say it all the time to get more and more traditional companies in these networks as well because then there are more synergies that that we can use and this this would be my um my goal for these networks Thanks so much to Regina, Tom, and Taylor for their insights. It has become clear that innovative ideas and problem solving are at the heart of their approaches to entrepreneurship. To scale these ideas into sustainable startups, networks, and a healthy amount of capital are indispensable.
In the next episode, I will pick the brains of four business leaders for their insights into promoting business ideas and into what it means to successfully build a business network. See you then. Thank you for listening to the second episode of Saxon on the Move. This podcast series is produced by the German-American Institute Saxony. The music was produced by Victor Dahlmann and Maximilian Mitschke. For more information about the German-American Institute Saxony, please visit their website and follow them on Facebook and Instagram. You'll find the links in the description below. If you like this podcast, please make sure to recommend it to your friends and family and rate it to help it reach more people. Thanks again for tuning in and bis bald!